But this time, uh, we're happy to have Jeff Stilwell back with us. Uh, you should be familiar with him by now. I know this is like his third or fourth time here preaching, so uh, we're excited to have you here. Uh, Jeff, come up and share the word of God with us. Thanks, Sean. Good morning. It's good to, uh, good to be with you folks here again. Uh, yeah, I can't, I don't keep track of time, but it seemed like it was just a few weeks ago I was here, but <laughs> maybe it's longer than that. Um, my fiance had a good talk with her yesterday. Uh, many of you know my wife passed away a couple years, two years ago, uh, last month. Um, uh, she is in heaven with uh, Susan and Jim, and they're just having a blast up there while the rest of us are suffering down here. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, we had a good talk, and we're going on 18 months waiting for her visa. Normally it takes four months. We're going on 18 months. Hopefully, hopefully, things are progressing. Hopefully next month I will not only be half here, I'll be completely here because she'll be here. <laughs> uh, we're praying for that and hopefully for that. But I've learned, don't get your hopes up. Just keep trusting the Lord. I invite you to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to talk about walking in the Spirit. Um, I probably won't do a, a, what do they call that, an exegetical study of this passage, maybe a little bit. But I also want to share with you some of the things that I have learned, that I, am, I have applied to my life, and I need to be reminded to keep applying to my life so that I can walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. We'll read 13 to the end of the chapter. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, idolatry witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If ye live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. 
Lord, we have a flesh, not just a physical body, but we have um, a sinful desire for the things of this world. And that's what this flesh here in this passage is talking about, that uh, we still have the old nature. But yet, at the same time, Lord, if we have accepted Christ as our Savior, we have a new nature. We have Christ dwelling in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And Lord, the two, the spirit and the flesh, are contrary. They don't like each other. They don't get along. They fight each other. And Lord, we have this struggle within us. And Lord, help us to walk in the spirit every day. Lord, I just pray that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit and control me. May the words that I say be true and accurate, and may it be encouraging to us. Give us all wisdom, give us all discernment as we hear the Word of God preached, that we would apply the truth to our life and come away walking better in the Spirit, closer to you with a stronger desire to be like Christ. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Verse 13, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Once a person is saved, they are free from the bondage of sin, but that doesn't mean we're free from sinning. (laughs) And it's a struggle for us as believers to, to live that life of trying to live for Christ and yet realize that in our flesh, there's still that old nature that just wants to crave the sinful passions of this world. But it says, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. In other words, just because we're free in Christ does not mean we should go about doing whatever we want to. If we're free in Christ, we should do everything that God wants us to do. And that's, that's the battle there, fighting against God's will versus our will. And it says here, if ye love to serve one another, by love serve one another. It is possible that you and I can serve one another. I know many a times my parents have told me, clean up your room, whatever, or do something else. I went and did it, but I did it very grudgingly. I served my parents, right? Did I serve them in love? Uh, not really. And there's a difference between serving and versus serving in love, and Christ wants us to have that whole picture. Let us serve one another, but let us make sure that we're doing it in love for God. And then it says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Christ said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And when he said that, it's understood that God meant keep all of my commandments all the time. Correct? Do you agree with that? Okay. How many of us keep all of God's commandments all the time? I'm seeing some heads going now. So here's the other question. How many of us then love God? You can get a preacher up here <laughs> and say, how many love God? Hands up all over the place, right? How many of you have sinned? Hands up all over the place. 
Do you see the contradiction? With our mouth, we want to say that we love God, but then there's that truth that sits there and says, wait a minute, if I love God, then I need to be keeping all of God's commandments all the time. And if I'm not, then I'm not loving God. Paul wants you and I to love one another. And let's just think about this. Okay? Look, I'm not married anymore, but I was for 34 years almost. But if I love my wife, will I lie to her? No. Will I get mad at her? No. Will I fight with her? No. Because that's not very loving, is it? Is it okay when Valentine's Day comes around and I give her a bouquet of flowers and I say, I love you, and then two days later we just get in a big fight? Was that true love? No. I think a lady and a husband, a husband and wife, would much rather have a, a union, a closeness of sweetness, of honesty, of understanding one another, of getting along together, being on the same page. And if they're not on the same page on whether they should go out to Burger King or McDonald's, because <laughs> believe me, young people who are still single, you will get married and sometimes you will fight over those things. I wish you did it, but it does happen. But if you disagree over McDonald's or Burger King, can you just, in a loving way, solve the difference versus fighting over it? See, there's going to be differences. But if we serve one another in love, we can solve those issues. And here's what it says, the very next verse. Verse 13. But if ye bite and devour one another, take ye that ye be not consumed one of another. Paul is using some very, very strong words. If you bite, and if you devour, if you are eating each other up, you're just going to end up consuming one another. And it's not love, it's not serving, it's not preferring the other better than myself, it's not esteeming the other better than myself, it's basically not demonstrating love in any shape or form at all if we're biting and devouring one another. Now, let's all be honest. Does it happen in the home? Yes. Does it happen among married couples? Yes. Does it happen among brothers and sisters? Yes. My dad and mom can tell you how many times my brothers and I got into a wrestling match, and the next thing you know, it turned into a fight. <laughs> okay? It happens. Does it happen in church, among church people? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So how do we combat this biting and this fighting and this devouring one another? Verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and the promise is that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
Now, we may scratch our head a little bit and we think, well, wait a minute. If I never fulfill the lust of the flesh, then that means I don't sin. Yeah. And guess how you can do that? By walking in the Spirit. So since we still sin, what does that mean? We're not walking in the Spirit, right? Every time I sin, every time I get mad unjustly, unlovingly, every time I get into a fight or whatever, I'm not walking in the Spirit. The same thing as is, I'm not loving. So how do we walk in the Spirit? Well, uh, you remember David? King David, Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 said what? The man, the blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the seat of sinners, nor, I can't remember, I was quoting it, but his delight is in the word of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate when? Day and night. Okay? It's a constant thing. What David is saying is, it's a constant thing. Is this not... Well, I get up in the morning, I spend 15 minutes reading my Bible, now I'm good to go. No, that doesn't work. That, that does, does not, I mean, it's good. It's a good place to start. But David says, no, it, it, this is a constant thing. We need to be constantly meditating on the Word of God. Psalm 55, 17, David says that he prayed morning and evening and noonday. Daniel did the same thing. Three times a day, he sat down with his windows open towards Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day. I don't think his prayer was like what we do at the dinner table. And Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the food. Bless our bodies. Amen. Let's get on with eating. <laughs> I don't think that was his prayer. I think he had a sincere, genuine prayer where he was talking to God like if he was right here and just pouring out his heart to God. And he wasn't asking for a bunch of things, probably. But he's having a conversation with the Lord. Telling him what's in here, what's wrong in here, and God, can you change this? I have found out in my walk with God that I had to do some, some uh, changes in my life. I went to Bible college at Faith. and Nothing against it. This is going to sound like it's bad, but no, it's not. But about two, three years into Bible college, I realized I'm not learning what I thought I was supposed to be learning. Okay? Nothing against the professors because they know more about the Bible than I do, but I just felt like I wasn't learning what I was supposed to be learning. Then the Lord just laid in my heart, well, what are you doing, Jeff, to grow yourself? And I realized, yeah, why, why do I have to wait for somebody else to teach me? I mean, that's good. It's good that other people teach us. So I decided to take some time that summer and I would just dedicate some, not just reading the Bible like I always, always do and just praying. 15, 20, 30 minutes and I'm done. And I closed my door and I just told my wife, this is my time with God. I just want to talk with Him. The first thing I did is I started confessing my sins. And not just say I'm a sinner, which is good, but I started naming every sin that I could think of that I had done that day and just started confessing them. That was an eye-opener for me because I began to realize how sinful this heart is. 
And I realized that if I regard iniquity in my heart, what? The Lord will not hear me. If I wanted to study God's word good and get something good out of it, I had to confess my sins before God. Then I realized that I, in my brain, in my as little as I knew, trying to study the word of God on my own without God, without the Holy Spirit controlling me, I'm not going to go very far. So I realized I need God to control me, to give me wisdom, to give me discernment, to give me insight into the word of God. And then I would sit down and open God's word and start to study it. That made a drastic difference in my walk with God. It really did. Sometimes I was there for two hours. I'm not boasting about it because this guy, I was study for a test about an hour. My eyes were shot. I'm done. I got to take a break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not the studious type. So spending two hours in God's word and praying with him was like, wow, God, you're, you're changing me. You're changing me. There was a couple times that I decided I'm going to get closer to God. And I asked him to reveal my sins. And he did. And each time he revealed one, one little, tiny, puny little sin. That's not even one of them mentioned in this whole list of sins here. You know what happened? I got so depressed, so down. Uh, it took about five, six, seven days before I could get back to living a, a normal life. And I realized that when my little tiny sin stands before a holy God, it is shameful. It is totally shameful. I don't ask that prayer anymore. Because I'm afraid what God's going to reveal to me about my heart and how depressing it is. But I realized through the years that, uh, and I did do that, I got closer to him. And my walk with God was closer. One of the guys in the Bible that I really would love to emulate is Enoch. Enoch was a man who walked with God, and God said, you know what, I'm bringing this guy home with me. He walks so close to me, I'm just bringing him home. And I think that's somebody we should emulate, someone who walked with God. I want to clarify something about Enoch because I always kind of had this wrong impression of Enoch. I had this impression that Enoch, well, maybe he left his wife, he left his kids, and he left his job, and he just went out somewhere secluded like a monk and decided to walk with God. I don't think he did that. He was married. He had children. And if he, had, he was married and had children, he had to support them, so I think he had a job too, just like you and me. But in that life that he had, a normal life like you and I, he walked with God. And I think some of the things that I've learned is this. When I go to work, and I drive to work, most of you guys drive to work too, guess what? Isn't that a good time to talk to God before you go to work and ask God, God, I'm, I'm going to work. There's a bunch of unsafe people here. Maybe I don't get along with my boss. Maybe I don't get along with a coworker. 
Maybe there's a lot of uh, bad talking, trash talking, sinful behavior. God, can you just let my light shine before men when I go to work? Can you just give me a heart to do my job and do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men, not to look good before people, but just do my job right and honestly and be a good worker, a hard worker, an honest worker, and just let my light shine. Maybe you come home after a hard day and it's like all I want to do is just sit there and watch TV. And you come home and your wife is, has 14 kids at home <laughs> trying to, have a, trying to co corral all these kids. And uh, not only have we told our wives, you got to raise them when I go off to work, but then we decided, hey, you're going to homeschool them too. Woo-hoo! <laughs> what a nice guy, huh? <laughs> That we Christian husbands are. <laughs> and so we burden our wives with all these extra responsibilities. And here we want to come home and just sit and relax, and we forget that our wives have just had a horrible bad day with these kids. If we're walking in the Spirit, what will we do? We'll take into consideration what our wife has been through, and not just what we have been through. He said, well, sometimes that just hurts. Um, yeah, yeah, it may. But you know what love is? Agape love is sacrificial love. But here's the thing. If you really, really men love your wife, you won't feel like you're sacrificing for her. You will just do it because you love her. And we men are supposed to set the example of loving our wives. One of the other things I realized in my walk with God, or lack thereof, whichever you want to call it, is, is realizing that the, the thoughts, the eyes, my ambitions, my desires, my attitudes, sometimes just are out of control. And so when I pray, I have to oftentimes, I, I, I usually, I, I know I prayed this, that fill us with the Holy Spirit, but what I really mean is control us. Have the Holy Spirit control us. Because if we're a Christian, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, correct? But that's what I mean, control us. And I have realized that if, when I start my day, I need God. I just need Him. And, and so I ask God, God, can you control my brain process? Can you control my thoughts? And I also have to ask God, God, can you control my eyes? There's a lot of sinful, wicked temptations out there. God, can you just control my eyes that if I see something that's unclean, impure, just look away. Just look away. And get my mind back on something that's good and clean and wholesome. That God would control my ambitions, my desires, that no matter what state I'm in, whether I'm tired, exhausted, upbeat, whatever, that everything my desires are, my ambitions are, are clean and pure and holy before an holy God. And I found out this. You don't just pray it once in your lifetime and call it good. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> Maybe it worked for you. And if it does, awesome. But every day I have to pray that way. 
And sometimes throughout the day, I still have to keep on asking God, okay, God, here's a temptation coming into my life, or I'm hearing something that I shouldn't be hearing, or I'm having a rough day at work where all the work is being bombarded on me. I don't know if you've been in a work situation where all your co-workers decide, I'm just going to go home and I'm just going to leave everything for Jeff Stilwell because he can handle it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the attitude comes out. I just have to sit there. God, just help me have a good attitude. So walking in the Spirit is not something you do 15 minutes in the morning and call it good. It's, it's an everyday, moment-by-moment process of asking God, control me, guide me, give me wisdom. Running into hard time, ask God for his help. I also realized, as I said before, that my reading of the Bible changed. It wasn't just about reading a passage, a chapter, a two-chapter, and calling it good. But I have to soak in and just stop at each verse and say, God, what this verse, this verse right here mean to me? What is it trying to tell me? What is it trying to shape me into? What am I lacking in my life that I need to change to shape myself into the image of God? Is it a struggle? Yes. Is it a fight? Yes. But once you start, it becomes easier. Once you start doing it, the blessings come as well. And you find yourself, and I have found myself, I can go to work with a better attitude. And even though they dump a bunch of stuff on me, guess what? I go home a happy man. And you realize what the fruit of the spirits are? Love, and guess what? Joy. There's no joy in life if we're not walking with the Lord. You want a happy, joyful, content, peaceful, loving life full of gentleness, goodness, and faith, and meekness, and temperance, and long-suffering? Then walk with God. Just walk with God. And let him guide you and direct you in your life. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Do you see how strong the flesh is? Paul himself said in another passage, the things that I would like to do, I don't do them. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing them. And it's just a constant battle but guess what? The more we feed the flesh, the more it'll win. The more we feed the spirit, the more the spirit will win. So the more time we're praying to God, the more time we're in God's word, the more time we're studying, the more time we're fellowshipping with believers, guess what? The spirit is going to win. Going to win that battle. 19 and 20 and 21 tell about the... Um, sinful things that walking in the flesh does. And 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There are no laws in the Bible that say these are not something you should walk in. 
Do you know how sweet it is to have communion with a spouse where you're just full of love, full of joy, full of peace, demonstrate long-suffering, be gentle with one another, goodness abounds in the home, faith, meekness, humbleness, preferring the other over my own selves, my own desires, temperance. You know how sweet that is? It's just wonderful. It's like being in heaven. But if we're not walking in the Spirit, then there's envy, there's hatred, there's grudges, there's resentment, there's revenge. And sometimes people hold a grudge for not just days and weeks, but sometimes for years and years and years. I preached on love at a church not too long ago, and after the service, this, this lady came up to me and said, I've been married for 54 years, and for 54 years, I have held a grudge against my husband. He hasn't asked for forgiveness, and I haven't forgiven him. Do you know how rough that is? 54 years holding a grudge against someone you eat with, you talk with, you sleep with every single day. If you want to know whether you're walking in the Spirit or not, just look at your actions or just look at your life. If there's no peace, then we're not walking in the Spirit. If there's no love, there's no joy, we're not walking in the Spirit. If there's hatred, grudges, resentment, we're, we're not walking in the Spirit, we're walking in the flesh. And it's very easy to identify those things. So there's a sweet little song that reminds us how you and I can walk in the Spirit. Jesus and others and you, what a wonderful way to spell joy. Jesus and others and you in the life of each girl and each boy. J is for Jesus, for he has what? First place. O is for others we meet face to face. Y is for you... And whatever you do, put yourself last and spell joy. You want a joyful life? Jesus comes first, 24-7, okay? It's not just in the morning, and then we call it good. Jesus comes first in every aspect of our life. So when I go to work, Jesus goes with me, okay? Whether I acknowledge it or not, he's going with me. You know the difference is? When I do acknowledge him that he's there, guess what? It changes my whole behavior, my attitude, because I realize he's right there watching me, so I better shape up. <laughs> when I go home, Jesus is right here. He's right in front of me. He's behind me. He's above me. He's under me. He's all around me. When I go with that attitude, then my attitude and my conduct with my wife and my kids should be different because Jesus is watching me. So, God is with us, the Holy Spirit is with us, Jesus is with us all the time. We just need to recognize that they are there. 
and they want the best for us. So let's put Jesus first. Let's put others second. Okay? It's not about being selfish. It's not about being, it's all about me, what I want to do. It's esteeming the other better than myself. It's preferring the other better than myself. What do they want? What would make them happy? What would make them content? Just do it. Just help them be happy. Guess what? When they're happy, you'll find that you'll be happy too. And if you put Jesus first, another second, guess what? You don't even have to worry about yourself. You will come there and you'll fit in and you'll spill joy. Do you want a joyful life? You want God to control you? You want to be walking in the Spirit? You want to have a life full of love, joy, and peace, and love, and contentment, and happiness? That's walk in the Spirit. And keep each other accountable. Help each other. Don't cut each other down. We're all in this struggle together. Just encourage one another and help each other to walk in the Spirit. Amen? Can we do that? Can we encourage each other to do that? It's a struggle. But you got to start. you got to start. Father, I thank you that when you saved us from our penalty and the punishment of our sin, you did not leave us alone, but you gave us the Spirit, and he dwells in us. And Lord, help us always, always to be mindful that we need to walk in the Spirit. It's not just a morning thing. It's just not an evening thing. But Lord, Throughout the day, we need to be walking with you, talking with you, fellowshipping with you, getting together, husbands and wives talking about the things of the Lord, families talking about the things of the Lord, encouraging one another to walk in the Spirit. The body of Christ talking and walking with you and encouraging one another to be like Christ. So, Lord, be gracious to us. Give us wisdom. Give us guidance and help us to walk in the Spirit 24-7. In Christ's name I pray, amen.